Are you ready to turbocharge your financial IQ? Hey friends, my name is Murray Miller and I want to welcome you and your family to the Family Business Podcast where every episode is designed to keep you focused and on track to live a life free of financial stress, worry and fear. Would you like to know the exact powerful money strategies that not only our immediate family has implemented, but also our extended family of thousands and thousands of people around the world? Well, then let's get on with it and let's begin building a financial wall around your family. All right. Welcome back, everybody. What is up? Getting ready for the 4th of July in a couple of days. Hope everyone is going to get together with friends and family and have an opportunity to just relax, enjoy, and uh, think of all the things that we have in our life that uh, bring us joy and happiness and abundance and continue down that path. Today, we're going to be talking about freedom. Since we're at the 4th of July, let's talk about financial freedom. You know I love this subject. You guys that have heard my podcast before, you know I love to talk about this. And financial freedom It sounds really nice in theory, right? But the truth is, it's possible for anyone to achieve financial freedom. Even for someone like me that doesn't have a formal education, it doesn't matter what financial troubles you're currently going through today, there's always a way to build your way to becoming financially free. So let's dive in. Let's talk about some of the important things about financial freedom, and maybe I can even share some of the things and tips that I've done that have worked for me in the past Um, So let's go. Let's talk about what financial freedom really is. To me, as you know, if you've listened to my podcast, it's becoming free of worry, stress, and fear. It's becoming financially obligated to no one. And, you know, first and foremost, it's about taking full ownership of your finances. You have to build a dependable cash flow to do that. This allows you to live the life that you want. So you aren't worrying about things like, uh, you know, your, your current bills and your sudden expenses that may come up. And you aren't burdened with a pile of debt. So uh, that being said, it's important to recognize that you need to pay down your debt and maybe increase your income with a side hustle. Um, and you, we'll get to that in just a minute. But it's also important that you're planning for your long-term financial situation by actively saving for a rainy day and for retirement. So I put together some what I think are game-changing financial freedom strategies that I'm going to share with you today. And I think the first one I want to share is you just have to acknowledge where you're at right now, right now today. I don't believe you can really achieve financial freedom without knowing what your starting point is. So start a spreadsheet or a notebook or write down, you know, how much debt that you have right now and how much savings you have and how much you need to pay your recurring bills, the bills that come in month in, month out regardless, you know, your phone bill, your your rent, your mortgage, uh, your your car bill, things like that. Write everything down. Don't miss a thing. And I will promise you, this is a very valuable step in the right direction. And by the way, you don't need a financial planner for this. This is something you can do on your own. This is something you need to do on your own. So compile a list of all your debts, your mortgage, your student loans, your car loans, your credit cards, any of the debt that you've accumulated. Don't forget to include any money that you may owe to other people, you know, family members or friends. Um, Now, (laughs) I want you to breathe, take a deep breath, and add all those numbers up. How much debt do you have? Is it a big number? If it is, don't freak out. I promise you I'll share some ways to pay that down later. 
But if it's a small number, great, congratulations. Regardless, you can get to a place of financial freedom. Trust me on this because I have been down this road with so many people. I've done it myself, I've done it with my family. I'm gonna help you get to that place as well. So next, let's take a look at the money that you've saved up. Build a list of your savings, your savings accounts, stocks and bonds if you have them, any company stock options that may be available to you, retirement programs if you have any programs at work or that you've done on your own, uh, if you've purchased any cryptocurrencies or real estate, make a list of your investments and let's add that all up. And let's see how much you have in recurring monthly payments that you receive on top of that, which would include your salary, any side hustle money you have if, you're, if you have multiple streams of income, rent property you own, and so on and so forth. Write these numbers down and keep them handy because we're gonna work through this on these next few financial freedom strategies that we're gonna be discussing. The next thing, and I, and I touched on this in our last podcast, you really can't get to this place of financial freedom without having a healthy, positive money mindset. You know, debt can definitely be a little bit discouraging, if not a lot discouraging. But remember that money is a good thing. Even if it carries a lot of burden right now for you, remind yourself that you deserve to achieve financial freedom. I believe that people who don't make a lot of money often feel, I don't know, maybe shame when it comes to making money or, 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 or embarrassment. Um, if so, if that's an obstacle for you, you need to change the way you think about money. You need to make friends with money. You know, um, many people experience when it comes to making money that it's bad. It's not bad. You can do a lot of good with money. Um, maybe you feel guilty for having money or guiltier for wanting more money. You shouldn't. You can have a very positive impact on this world, on your family, on your friends, on everything around you if you have a positive money mindset and you become what I like to refer to as a money magnet. I mean, we use money every day to enhance our lives, and yet we always seem to focus on the negative side of money. So, I mean, you know, don't do that to yourself and it will, it will change the way that things happen for you. Remember, what you focus on, you will find. So money is, uh, you know, it's a simple necessity, like food or water. You have to have it, right? It helps you buy things. It helps you buy things you need to live, the things that you want. To experience financial freedom, you're going to need to look at money as if it's a tool to achieve your dreams. You know, fuel your energy and live a stress-free life that you can really enjoy. Because if you view money negatively, you will subconsciously sabotage your chances of making it and keeping it. You know, um, you can't out earn a poor money mindset. And that's absolutely true. So at this point, I think it's really important for me to talk about goal setting because I'm a big believer in writing down your goals. Why do you need money? Do you want to get rid of debt? Do you want to get rid of debt for good? I mean, do you want to just live a debt-free life? Because I'll tell you, there's no feeling in the world like not having those obligations other than those monthly recurring bills that don't change that we talked about a minute ago. So are you um, happy with your 9 to 5? Or maybe are you desperate to <laughs> escape your 9 to 5 grind? Um, is there a place that you've always wanted to travel to, perhaps? I know that I love to travel. You know, my wife is even more so than me. 
Um, what else do you have to save for? Do you need to save for college or for a wedding or a trip or you know just to punch money away from your retire for your retirement account? Um, when I achieved financial freedom, it was partially because I tied it to an emotional goal. My goal was to pay cash for my kids to go to college. I wanted to pay off my mortgage. I wanted to you know, go on vacation. I wanted to buy a second home, a vacation home. And honestly, it was a euphoric experience watching my debt dwindle down, dwindle away, and my savings rise. I got so excited by seeing those numbers and watching them change that I worked even harder and harder to make more money um, because I wanted to see bigger changes in my personal life, in my personal finances. And um, would I have achieved financial freedom if I hadn't tied my goal to something emotional? Probably, maybe not. I mean, probably not as quick, that's for sure. Um, I was, you know, a little bit desperate in my mind to get out of debt and not live paycheck to paycheck. That burning desire helped me stay motivated throughout my, my journey and throughout that process. You know, another interesting thing happened. Um, when I wrote down a few of my goals, and I remember there was at least two or three that I can think of. One was transforming my business uh, from being a business that just, it was a grind every single day, every single week, every single month, trying to pay bills and, and, and make it work, and transforming that into a residual income business. That was really, really uh, one of the key things that helped me get to financial freedom. I was able to write down that I wanted to pay off my mortgage and all my other debts, my credit cards and cars and all that other stuff that I had. That was a big goal for me. And I also wanted to build a six-figure side hustle business that was residualized. And those are the three main things that I remember writing down. And after I wrote them down, I became a little more obsessive and focused because I felt excited to accomplish what I had just wrote down. Um, there's something, there's some kind of magic, the stars of the universe seem to align that takes place when you think of something meaningful and then take a pen to paper. And I eventually accomplished all three of those things. The funny thing was, it felt like a conscious awakening just thinking about these goals on a regular basis because they had been written down. Um, obviously, uh, I didn't accomplish everything in a month. Uh, even a year. It took a long time, um, but I made progress on my goals every day. And making sure your goals are tied to um, a date and a specific number, I think, that you want to hit, that's that's very, very powerful. Believe it or not, you'll start working towards those goals without even realizing it. Knowing exactly what you want to achieve makes achieving financial freedom a million times easier. So um, keep track of uh, everything that you're doing. Keep track of your spending. Um, I do that. I still do it to this day. I built a little spreadsheet for myself. And you know, you don't, you don't have to build your own spreadsheet. You can go online. There's 10 or 12 apps you can download from Quicken or Mint or Pocketsmith. I can think of a bunch of them. Just Google it. Um, you know, uh, uh, something to track your spending. And once you find something that you like... Um, it's you just need to make sure that you're good at putting in the information on a regular basis and keeping it updated because it keeps you on track. You know, I try to go in at least once a month, sometimes even twice a month, and go look at where I am and you know where I've gone and which direction that I'm headed. And I think that makes a big difference. 
The next thing I want to talk about is something I have been preaching since probably I was in my early 20s, if not before, and that is paying yourself first. That is one of the key attributes of every person that has been self-made is that they, they understand what it means to pay yourself first. If you haven't heard that expression before, write that down. But I will tell you, paying yourself first means putting a specific amount of money into your savings account before you pay anything else, including all of your bills. You are the first and most important bill that you can pay, and you have to pick a number and you have to do it month in, month out, week in, week out, every time you get paid. The act of paying yourself first has helped countless people inch closer and closer to achieving financial freedom. Why? Because if you will pay yourself first, pay yourself that first thousand dollars out of your paycheck or whatever the number is, I'm just using round numbers, easy numbers, whatever's left over goes towards your bills. And if you don't have enough to cover your bills, then that should incentivize you to pick up some kind of side income and, you know, to make up the cost. Side hustle uh, is what we talk about all the time on this podcast and so many entrepreneurs do it. So many entrepreneurs like myself believe in multiple streams of income. But by paying yourself first, you guarantee that you're always gonna be putting money aside to invest in yourself. By doing the opposite, you only get what is left over, which isn't usually substantial enough to help you experience financial freedom. So you can pay yourself first in other ways too. For example, if your company has a retirement savings program, if you have a nine to five that has one of those, um, then you can ask for that money to be withdrawn before you ever, ever see your paycheck. That way you're investing in yourself and your future before anything else. I think that's important, but that shouldn't be the only way you pay yourself first. You should also do it with after-tax dollars. So those are very important ideas and strategies to live by as far as paying yourself first. Spend less is my next major strategy. You know, in 1958, if you don't know this, the granddaddy of money in our country, I think, is Warren Buffett. And the, the way the story goes, the way that I've heard it is he bought a house for like 30 grand uh, way back when he first started in, uh, you know, in his, in his adulthood. And since then, his net worth has grown. <laughs> He's worth like $90 billion at this point. And obviously, if he wanted to, he could afford pretty much any home he would ever want to live in and pay cash for it. But he's very frugal. And he still lives in the same home that he bought way back in 1958. Now, I'm not saying that's what made him rich. I'm saying that mindset of not overspending is what has made him rich. And, you know, there are other people that are uh, very, very successful like Warren Buffett that maybe, uh, you know, athletes or entertainers that earn, you know, tens of millions of dollars per year, but they spend more than they make. You know, it's just crazy how people, you know, they think easy come, easy go. And it's, it seems to be and it seems to me that you have to have the right money mindset going into it. There's a lot of talented people out there. You can be a great money magnet and a very, very bad saver, and it doesn't help you much in the long run. And we've all heard the stories about very wealthy people having nothing 
after they stop working or their talent goes away or if it's, you know, whatever it is, whether they're a model and they're, you know, they stop modeling or they're, you know, an athlete and they start playing sports or whatever it is that they did or they're an entertainer and they can't do it anymore. Something happens and they have no money because they just thought the money would never stop coming in and it all depended on them. So the difference between being somewhat frugal and saving and not overspending is so important. The truth is plenty of rich people don't look like rich people. You know, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, and an incredibly successful man in such a short period of time at such a young age, he doesn't really look like a rich person. If you see him, he sort of wears the same thing every day, t-shirt, jeans, whatever. Um, he's a pretty frugal guy. Um, I think buying less stuff can actually help you get richer in a good way. So by spending less, two things work in your favor. One, you have more money to put put aside for yourself, working towards your financial freedom. And two, you'll learn that you actually need a lot less stuff to survive, which actually helps you put more money aside. So that brings me to my next point, which is to, to, to basically invest in experiences that you'll have as opposed to things that you can buy. I mean, life's short. You know, I'm going through some stuff right now, and I've talked about this on previous podcasts with some very close family members, health-related things, and it makes you realize, you know, life is short. It's not all about hoarding your cash until you retire, and, you know, then you're allowed to enjoy your life and, and start living out loud. I don't believe that at all. Ultimately, the things that will help you live a more fulfilled life um, will be the experiences that you have, not the things that you own. And yeah, there are some things that can enhance that. There's no question. You know, I have other things that I like to do and, and, and nice things I like to have. But I think that the things that make you the most happiest over the long term are not necessarily the things that you have to take on debt in order to, you know, make this stuff happen. Let's flip the switch. Think about this. What, what, what is your happiest memory? If you can think back, what is your happiest memory that you have in your brain right now? What were you doing? Who were you with? Let's create more memories just like that. Maybe you have a friend that you just love hanging out with and you don't see enough of him or her. Maybe you just should make a phone call and see when you can set up the next time that you can hang out with that person or that group of people. I mean, I personally have always dreamed of traveling to Greece. I've been to a lot of places. It's one of the places I haven't been to, and my wife and I are planning on doing that probably within the next two or three months. Um, we're going to take a, a, some time off. We're both turning, uh, you know, a big age, you know, with a zero at the end, and it's a, it's just something that we've always both wanted to do. So hopefully we can do that and squeeze that in with all the other wonderful things that are going on in our life right now. Um, I still think that life is made up of these moments. You know, the best ones come from quality time spent with friends and family, and that's just how it is. If you think about it, I'm sure it's true for you too. While, you know, like I said, some things that you buy can bring you closer to your family, most of them don't add much value. Most of them don't spend uh, you, you know, don't don't give you the time that you need. You know, don't spend money on things if you don't have to. You know, you just want to spend money on the things that are going to give you the memories that you uh, that you will cherish 
in your life. Um, all right, so let's move on from that just a little bit and talk about something a little bit more practical, which is paying off your debt. Some people will tell you that it's wiser to invest your money in stocks instead of paying off your debt. Um, if you're an expert stock picker, uh, maybe that's true. But if you've never invested in stocks before, you could wind up in even more debt. So I'm not a big believer in that strategy or that philosophy. I think a lot of people feel the same thing after finishing their last debt payment. You know, you just feel that relief once you've paid that big debt off. Um, you know, if you, if you, well, let me put it this way. If you have, let's say, $100,000 in debt, and you have um, $50,000 in cash in the bank, you can't really call yourself financially free. You're still in the whole 50 grand, right? No matter how you look at it. So there are two main approaches to paying off your debt. One is referred to as the snowball, and one is referred to as the avalanche. The snowball is when you pay off the smallest debt first, and the avalanche is when you pay off the debt with the higher interest rate, the highest interest rate. So you need to decide which one works better for you. When I was working towards becoming debt free, I did the snowball effect. It helped me become, I don't know, I was just more motivated by doing it that way and watching that dwindle. Since I was able to get rid of you know, my first debt, which let's say was a credit card debt of three or four grand, and then I was able to you know, do that in just a short period of time, let's say a month or two, and then I didn't take that debt back on again, it helped motivate me to tackle you know, the more bigger debts, which for me was my home loan. I wanted to just get rid of that mortgage. Um, since credit cards were no longer a problem, I would pay on average you know, three or four times than the minimum payment that was required every single month. I would just continue to pay it down and I would put that towards the principal. In the end, it took me about seven years to finish paying off a 30-year home loan. Um, and it allowed me, you know, and my wife Susan to um, buy a second home, which was absolutely awesome. And then we did the same thing with the second home. So paying off uh, big debts lifts a massive weight off your shoulders. And after paying off your debt, you see the amounts of money that you have in the bank begin to rise. And it's an awesome feeling watching the numbers climb. Even if you, you know, had to watch it fall a little bit in the beginning, it keeps you motivated it keeps you growing towards the place that you want to be. So this brings me to one of my favorite topics, which is creating a additional or a multiple stream of income. This is really, really cool. At this point, you're probably saying, yeah, Murray, my debt is a lot more than my salary. I don't know how I can even make ends meet. I don't know how I could possibly you know, pay off more than I'm, I'm paying right now. I promise you, you can. If you're serious about financial freedom, you have to make some sacrifices. You've got to put in the blood, sweat, and tears, and your nine to five may not cut it. And if that's the case, you need to step it up, and you need to look for money outside of your current job. We have a great business um, that was our side hustle at one point, and it became our main gig. And that happens. We see a lot of entrepreneurs go from you know, uh, having something as a side hustle, and we call you an entrepreneur if you get started in, in business for yourself and you're doing something other than your nine to five job. And then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, that thing starts kicking off enough income where you have some choices that you didn't have before. So, um, you know, for me, I think that it's very, very important if you're serious about financial freedom, 
that you need to look outside of your current source of income for another source of income. Some experts actually recommend having five, six, seven streams of income. And I know if you're working nine to five, you know, you probably are wondering how you can set all this stuff up. But you can. You have more time in your life than you actually need. You just have to be concentrated and you have to be tenacious about spending the time necessary to get yourself an additional stream of income. And if you do it the way that I've done it and the way that so many successful people have done it, you want to make the income stream residual. Now, you can look at income in two different ways. One is active, active income, that's trading time for money, and one is passive income, and this is money that keeps coming in even while you're sleeping. If you trade time for money, you're limited to the hours of the day, right? You can only trade so many, you know, so much time for so much money. I just came from my dentist two days ago. Unbelievable dentist, unbelievable practice. As a matter of fact, very interested in starting a side hustle after I talked to her about it because she's got a limit to how many teeth she can work on in a day, right? It's her professional expertise that she has to depend on every single day. And even though she has a staff and she has an office and she sees multiple people every day, it's all depending on her. So if you can break out of that mold and your side hustle becomes something that can create a passive income for you, this is terrific. You know, there are many different sources of residual income and, you know, you can listen to the podcast that I did a few weeks ago about the different sources of residual income or even better, if you want to, you can download um, our, the ebook that I just put together recently right from our website, which is thefamilybusiness.info. And you can read and have this in front of you, all the different sources of residual income and see which one suits you. I mean, that's what is really important is you got to see which one suits you. And if you don't have one and, you, and you're not sure what you want to do, give me a call. You know, book a call with me. Go on the familybusiness.info forward slash call and, and schedule a 10 or 15 minute power call with me. And we'll talk about some of the things that we're doing on our side that you may be very interested in that I could actually help mentor you on. And you could work with my wife, Susan, and, and my daughter, Chelsea, depending on you know exactly what your goals are with that. Um, sources of residual income, or better yet, um, you know the way that we earn this money is going to be dependent on your personality and your likes and dislikes. You have to do something that you're excited about. You know, like you, like I think we all tell our kids at some point, if if you if you work at something that you love, it doesn't feel like work, right? I mean, my last tip for you, I guess, for financial freedom is uh, a real important one. So let's just say you follow the advice and the recommendations that I'm, I'm mentioning here on this podcast today to get out of debt and grow your savings. That might be enough to help you out right now. But what if something unexpected happens? Are you prepared for it? Is it important to you to set money aside for rainy days? Because I think it should be. You should have something. I don't mean to be morbid here, but, you know, in case you died, for example, um, you know, you want to make sure your family isn't drowning in your debts. Uh, if you have debts, if you're the main breadwinner of the family or even if you're not, you want to have something set up that can continue your legacy. I mean, this is easy stuff for me because I've worked on these plans for years with hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, and so I know exactly how to set these up. 
So by all means, if you want more information on this, like I said, you can jump on my calendar, but I, I just love to provide financial education to people and strategies that work within, you know, within the confines of what your life is right now. If you've got a nine to five job, you know, we'll talk about adding a supplemental retirement plan and it's a pretty cool way to see your wealth grow. I think next, uh, you also have to save money for a, an emergency. You know, some experts will tell you that you need to save, uh, you know, a number like $10,000 uh, and they say that's fine. And other people say six months of your salary is what you have to have in the bank. To me, I wouldn't be comfortable without at least three months of savings to cover my expenses because I think 90 days is a much time is enough time to get on your feet to do something next if you're you know obviously motivated and, and able to do something so instead of starting with a goal like you know ten thousand dollars or something like that depending on what your situation is start small just you know start putting aside a hundred dollars a month or five hundred dollars a month or if you can do it eventually five hundred dollars you know a week and put that money away and invest in yourself, invest in your own future. I think an emergency fund is is great to have for unplanned events. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, things happen every single day, as we know. All you have to do is turn on the news and see crazy things happening. And every time a person's interviewed, they never thought it would happen to them. Um, we all think that way. And that's, you know, part of being a positive, optimistic person. But you need to have a backup plan. And we're talking about a financial backup plan at this point. Financial freedom can help you take ownership of your finances and more importantly, your life. It's about living within your means and making sure that money is spent on things you really need. Obviously, food, housing, and yep, even vacations. Relaxation is important too. Um, by following these strategies for financial freedom, I know you'll inch closer to achieving financial freedom. You deserve it. So take a look at those finances, build additional streams of income, pay down that debt, and before you know it, you'll be financially free. Until next time, this has been Murray Miller. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Family Business Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how you can join our growing family and begin implementing the success principles to building a financial wall around your family, you can go to the familybusiness.info forward slash call and you can schedule a call with us because we have saved a spot at the table for you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and the people that you care about. And we would love it if you would take a second to give us a five-star review to help future family members just like you find us. I leave you with this. In life, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you believe, plan, and expect. Let's do this.